ashamed to stand and say that I love Jesus. I'm not ashamed to say trusting in his word. I'm not ashamed to lift up high the bloodstained banner because I'm saved. I'm not ashamed. Sometimes we as Christians, we wait upon the shelf. We're ashamed to lift our hands in praise. We wait on someone else. But Jesus died at Calvary. God's plan he did fulfill. And that is why I stand today trying to do his will. I'm not ashamed to stand and say that I love Jesus. I'm not ashamed to say I'm trusting in his word. I'm not ashamed to lift up high the bloodstained banner because I'm saved. I'm not ashamed. In this life we have his blessings, yet we fail to praise his name. He said if we were ashamed of him, to us he'd be the same. When he gave his life at Calvary, he did it for all men. So that I could proud and proudly say, I've been born again. I'm not ashamed to stand and say that I love Jesus. I'm not ashamed to say, trusting in his word i'm not ashamed to lift up high the bloodstained banner because i'm saved i'm not ashamed because i'm saved i'm not ashamed remain standing take your bibles Turn with me to the book of Genesis chapter 6. Genesis chapter 6. It's been good to be in the Lord's house, hasn't it? The Lord is good. The Lord is faithful. They give me a new headset this morning. And as a redneck, I ain't never wore a headset like this before. And I don't know what this thing's like, so y'all going to have to bear with me. We got a lot of new stuff, a lot of new things, a lot of, a lot of new to deal with. But I tell you what. What we're doing here has been done for thousands of years, and that's to worship and honor our Savior, Jesus Christ. We've done that in song, and now we're going to do it in word this morning. Genesis chapter 6 and verse 1. It says in verse 1, It came to pass, men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose and the Lord said my spirit shall not always strive with man for that he is also he also is flesh yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years there were giants in the earth in those days and also after that when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men and their children to them 
The same became mighty men, which were of old men of renown. God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord have created from the face of the earth. Boy, what a sad time. What a sad thing. Both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air. For it repenteth me that I have made them. The creator of all things said, I repent that I ever made them. But Noah in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man. Perfect in his generations, and Noah walked with God. You may be seated. I want to speak to you this morning on the subject, see it through to the end. See it through to the end. The now, in which I'm speaking of is not just a physical start, but a spiritual start. And I believe that when our spiritual story begins, and we will see here in a minute, it begins when we accept Jesus as our Savior and Lord. There's a lot that get in the race, but there's not a lot who finish the race. There's a lot who get excited, but there's not a lot who stay excited. There's a lot who serve the Lord, but not everybody continues to serve the Lord. Brother Chuck, you battle with that every Wednesday in Awana. It's hard to see it through to the end. Our commitments that we make unto the Lord, our spiritual walk with God, it's so tough to see things through to the end. And why is that? Because the devil is tough, isn't he? The devil is powerful, and the devil does not to see it through to the end. He wants us to break every commitment we've made to the Lord. He wants us to become unfaithful with God. And so if you're going to see your spiritual life through to the end, you're going to have to some things in your life because it's going to be tough and it's going to be a tough journey to continue to do everything right now promised land is going good it's easy to come to church today but what about next week if the church is tore up and there's only 50 people are you going to be willing to see it through to the end it's good when everybody's unified but what 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 about when everybody is in awe at one another and everybody's mad at one another Folks, we got to see it through to the end. We cannot just be apart when things are going great. We can't just be apart when everything feels right. It's those tough times. It's those valley moments that we must make it through. The greatest example of this is our Savior and Lord, Jesus Christ. No matter how tough it was, Jesus saw it through to the end. He saw it through to the end. I love what it said in Luke 9, 51. And that it came to pass when the time was come that he should be received up, he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. I am so glad that Jesus saw it through the end. You say, saw what through? The will of God in his life. The will of God for his life was to go to Calvary one day and die for everybody upon the face of the earth. To shed his blood, to become the perfect lamb of God, to die and bless God, rise again on that third day. And then ascend and go up into heaven and sit on the right hand of the throne of God. That was the plan of God for the life of Jesus Christ. You know what? 
he saw it through to the end. And I don't know about y'all, but I'm glad he saw it through to the end. Folks, God has a plan for us. He has a plan in our spiritual life. He wants us to see it through to the end. He doesn't want us to love Him only when things are good. He doesn't want us to serve Him only when things are right. He doesn't want us to praise His name whenever things are better roses. He wants us to see it through to the end. No matter what valley we go through, no matter what tribulation we face, that we keep on going. A lot of people get up, but not everybody stays up. A lot of people serve, but not everybody continues to serve. A lot of folks follow Jesus, but not everybody keeps on following Jesus. And if there's one thing that is said about Josh Llewellyn, I hope and I pray when my body's up here, up here at the front, and you say, Preacher, well, that's kind of rough. Well, that's all it is, is a body. But I hope y'all can say he saw it through to the end. He continued on till he couldn't anymore. As we look in the book of Genesis chapter 6, we see this man Noah. And I want us to look at the start of Noah and how he started for the Lord. Now understand that when the flood came, Noah was 600 years old. Any y'all feeling old this morning? That ought to make you feel a little young. Noah was 600 years old when the flood came. In verse 3 of chapter 6, the Lord talked about 120 years that he had determined to bring the flood upon the face of the earth. We assume that Noah got his commission to build the ark at that time. And so for 120 years he built the ark. He fulfilled the will of the Lord in his life. And so at 480 years old, he was serving the Lord. This is when he got his commission to build the ark. And we see how Noah started for the Lord. Notice in verse 8, But Noah found grace in the eyes of of the Lord. The first thing that we see about the start of Noah's life for God is that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. I want you to know today when you begin to talk about your start with Jesus, your start you should not talk about a baptistry. You should not talk about a preacher. You should not talk about a repeat after me prayer. But when we begin to talk about our start for Jesus, it all in with the marvelous grace of an almighty God. That it wasn't about a man, it wasn't about a preacher, and it wasn't even about an owl. But it was about the grace of God finding me, and saving me, and cleaning me, and redeeming me. When Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord, Noah knew God. And he accepted the Lord as his Savior. And the Bible said that God repented that he made man. And it said the whole earth was full of evil. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. The world going to hell in a handbasket. It's going bad in a hurry, but you can find grace in the eyes of the Lord. Things are getting rough and tough and getting worse, but you can find grace in the eyes of the Lord. And where sin abounds, grace did much more abound. I don't know about y'all, but I'm standing here because of the grace of God. I'm saved because of the grace of God. When you go back to your start and how you started this journey, if you don't start by the grace of God, friend, you better go back and you better get it right today. If all you can go back to is a preacher and an aisle in a baptistry, something's wrong. It's the grace that got us in this. 
And it's the grace that's going to get us through this. And that's why you must be able to go back to grace because it's you see it through to the end. Notice this second thing here in verse 9. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man. He was a just man. He lived in righteousness. Hebrews eleven seven. you don't have to turn there, but it says, By faith, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. And so by faith, he gained righteousness. This began to live the right kind of life. He lived a biblical life. He lived a life that was pleasing unto the Lord. What was amazing is we don't even have the Ten Commandments at this time. What's amazing is we don't even have the law of Moses at this time, but this man is living right in the eyes of the Lord. He's a just man. He's living according to thus saith the Lord. He's living according to the way God wants him to live. Folks, let me tell you something. When you find grace in the eyes of the Lord, you need to start living like you found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And you begin to need to put on righteousness, not our righteousness, but the righteousness of Christ in us. You say, preacher, I do good. No, but greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And he in you can help you do good and help you please God and help you live right. It's not within your power you're going to live a righteous life. It's within the power of God you're going to live a righteous life. You say, well, them sinners out there. Whew, promised land, we're sinners too. Who's the chiefest in here? All of you, raise your hand. Every one of you is the chiefest. My goodness. We all come short of the glory of God. And the only way there's going to be righteousness and holiness in our life is that we look to the grace of God and we allow the power of Jesus to be in us and through us and live it out on a daily basis. This was in the midst of an evil world. I hear all the time, preacher, man, you just don't understand in the people I work with. You just don't understand the woman I live with. They said that. I didn't say that at all. You don't understand how tough it is to live godly in this world, folks. Noah's the only man that we read about that found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And you won't talk about tough. This was tough. But he walked with the Lord. He lived a right life. Notice what it said said he was perfect in his generations. The word perfect is not sinless perfection, but it means to be upright. From the generations means from the beginning. The only thing that people knew about the life of Noah was that he was a godly man, that he loved the Lord and that he followed God. Man, that's a good testimony right there. Boy, I wish the only thing you knew about me was godliness. Y'all could probably tell some stories, Amen. But the Bible said he was upright. He was perfect in his generations. The only thing that people saw was that this man loved the Lord and that he tried to live like it on a daily basis. Folks, that's what God expects from us. That's what God expects from us. But notice what he said there again. He said, perfect in his generations. And Noah walked with God. There's only two men in the Bible that said that they walked with God. It was Noah and his great-grandpa, Enoch. Isn't that amazing? Great-grandpa and great-grandson 
son, Noah and Enoch, walked with God. What a testimony. Man, a walk with God. To know that when you see that person, they've been with the Lord. Y'all ever come across somebody and you say, man, it's like they just left their, their, their uh, closet, man. It's just like they left the worship service. It's like they've been with God. I remember as a boy growing up and I'd see preachers get up there and there's a few, and I'm talking about just a few, that when they get up there I say, wow, man, they've been with God. They walk with the Lord. And we see people in our life and we say, man, they just live in such a manner, in such a way, but we don't say, why them? We say, why walk with God? And look what God is doing in their life. Can people look at you and say, they walk with God? They love the Lord. Every day they're walking with God. Not that you're perfect. Not that you're this hooty-toot Christian, but that you walk with God. Some of us are walking with the world. Some of us is walking with popularity. Some of us is walking with whatever our wife tells us to do. Amen? Huh. Walk with God. Live for God. Please God. And this man did it. I want you to notice this next thing. Look in verse 22. Notice verse 22. Noah gave the dimensions, or excuse me, God gave Noah the dimensions, everything that he wanted him to do. He didn't just say, go build a box. He said, go build a boat. I want you to build it just like this. Now, Noah, a lot of times we take the will of the Lord and we say, you know what, this is we want to do it. God said, no, I want you to do it my way. Why did God give the dimensions that he did? Because God knew every man and every creature that was going to be on that ark. And if this ark was going to be sufficient, Noah was going to have to be obedient. Notice verse 22. Thus did Noah, according to all that God commanded him, so did he. Noah was obedient to the word of God. Isn't that awesome? He listened to everything, and God gave him strict instructions on how to build this big boat. And Noah listened to everything. Noah was obedient to every instruction that God gave him. Thus did Noah accordingly. Boy, I wonder if God could say that about us. Thus did Josh accordingly. Thus did Johnny Kilcrease accordingly. Thus did Jimmy Stell accordingly to all the words of the Lord. Well, what a testimony. To do accordingly to what God has told us to do. Then the last thing, he was a preacher of righteousness. A hundred and twenty years he preached. The flood is coming. Judgment is coming. God is going to judge the world. Get on the boat. Get on the boat. Get on the boat. If you want to be saved, you better get in the boat. People said you're crazy. People said you're senile. 500 years old building a boat. Surely he's got to be senile, huh? Yeah. Man, you don't know what you're talking about, Noah. What do you mean that the judgment of God is coming? And he preached it and he preached it and he preached it. You know what happened? God came. You know what we're doing today? We're preaching God is coming back. And the world's thinking you're crazy, you're foolish. Noah kept on preaching. Noah kept proclaiming. Noah kept telling. Noah kept 
sharing the love of Christ with this lost world. I'm so glad today that he didn't quit preaching. That he knew the judgment of God was coming. He knew the flood was coming. And friend, may I tell you, the flood is coming. It's not coming in water, but it's coming with fire. I want you to know Jesus is coming again. And as Noah had a sermon to preach, I've got a sermon to preach too. And I'm here to tell you that Jesus is coming again. And unless you've been washed by His blood, unless you've been cleansed and forgiven by the precious blood of Jesus, you'll never go spend an eternity in heaven. And that's my message. It ain't mine, it's His. He gave it to me. Well, that message gets old. Foo it on you. This message been here before you got here. And this message is going to be here when we're all dead and gone. The Bible said heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will not pass away. He called us to preach a message. And I'll preach it and preach it and preach it. Well, I don't want to hear Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Well, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Because it's the message that I was given to proclaim. You say, well, how long? See it through to the end. Live it to the end. Preach it to the end. Proclaim it to the end. Keep on, keep on, keep on. Headache, keep on doing it. Don't feel like it, keep on doing it. You're acting like demons, keep on doing it. Don't Cancer, you've experienced death. Keep on trusting. Keep on. Keep on living it. Keep on trusting it. Keep on preaching it. Brother Paul, keep on singing it. Even when everything is bad and, and horrible and terrible, see it through to the end. Whew. Go to Genesis chapter 9. If you're with me, say amen. Genesis chapter 9. Child of God, I come to you, and I ask you to see it through to the end. We go after the flood. All of these chapters we just skipped over is about the flood, about the work of Noah for God. The very last thing that we see in the life of Noah covers 350 years. He lived 350 years after the flood. Notice what it said. Verse 20, Noah began to be a husbandman, and he planted a vineyard. He drank of the wine and was drunken. He was uncovered within his tent. And Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father, told his two brethren without, and Sham and Japheth took a garment, laid it upon both their shoulders, and went backward, and covered the nakedness of their father, and their faces were backward, and they saw not their father's nakedness. I want us to look at how Noah finished. A lot of theologians disagree with me, but they're not preaching this sermon. I am. And you may disagree with me, and that's all right, but I feel led to preach it this way. Righteousness, living for God, preaching, proclaiming. The last 350 years of the life of Noah, all we see is that he was drunk and naked in his tent. And that his boys had to take care of him. I want you to notice that Noah lost his vision for the Lord. Notice verse 20. And Noah began to be a husbandman and he planted a vineyard. All we know about the last 350 years of the life of Noah is what he did for himself. He planted a vineyard. All the years before, what did he do? He built an ark. 
He was serving God. He was doing this and doing this. And folks, I'm not saying he wasn't. But I'm just saying the Bible doesn't say anything about it. All that we find in the Bible is that after he accomplished this great mission that God gave him is that he lost his vision for the Lord. And what happens when we get, are given this great mission for the Lord and we fulfill this mission, our vision begins to change. Because Noah preached good and he worked hard. And he deserved a break. That's honest, right? Oh, come on now. Y'all don't give up on me. That's honest. Man, God, you give us this big old tab. We're wore out. He knows that. But he doesn't mean to quit. He doesn't mean for us to stop. And Brother Jimmy, me and you had this conversation over this man. God gave us this great task to build. This is our ark. This is one of the things God put in our life to do for him. And I'm glad God put this in our life. I'm glad God gave us the privilege to do this. This is the finish line we cannot lose our vision for the Lord we're on a high right now where do we go from here we keep our eyes on Jesus our eyes was never on a building our eyes was never on chandeliers our eyes was never on fancy carpet or a pulpit even though I like it man I love this thing up here on our vision is on Christ and serving Him and worshiping Him and proclaiming Him. He lost His vision when He got complete with the great mission that God placed in His life. And He probably thought, well, God's done. God, man, this, this great task, it don't get any better than that. Then it's just for 350 years He just sat there. Folks, this may be the biggest thing we ever do. Physically, but spiritually, there's so much more work to be done. There's souls to be saved. And may I tell you, somebody getting saved is so much better than building a building. Our vision should not be on physical, but it ought to be on the spiritual. Notice in verse 21, and he drank of the wine and was drunken, and he was uncovered within his tent. Theologian said he didn't know that if you left juice around a long time that it turned into wine that this was an accident he didn't mean to well I don't know about that but all I know of what I see about the character of Noah in the last 350 years of his life is that he lost his passion for the Lord he became a drunk this was the only time I don't know but that's all we read about the character and the passion he used to wake up and want to live for him and love him and serve him. And then everything began to change. The last 350 years, he became a drunk, got drunk of wine. Say, preacher, I don't think it went like that. Well, you preach it how you want to next time. But all I know is this man loved God and he lived for God. And then we see he got drunk. And you know what happened? Naked in his tent. Folks, it's sad when you look out and you say, Boy, that person right there, they used to be so great for God. Man, they used to be so faithful. 
Man, they, man, if there was anybody that lived for God, it was him. I don't want to be a has-been Christian. I don't want to be a used-to-be. I want to be a right-now child of God, fulfilling the will of the Lord in my life, seeing it through to the end. Oh, they used to be great. We look around this building. Bless God, it's pretty full this morning. But it ought to be fuller. And we have folks that used to never miss a service. That was so faithful with God. We look around. We don't know what happened. What happened? They're, they used to get full on righteousness and get full on the Word of God and get full on the singing and preaching. And now they're getting full on the world. What happened, preacher? They lost their passion for Jesus. They lost their passion. Thank y'all for being here. Thank y'all for loving God. Just because you're here don't mean you love God. But thank you for trying to do right. Y'all listen to this preacher. Don't stop. Y'all didn't hear me. Don't stop. I don't want somebody to look at my life and say, Boy, he used to be awesome for God. Looked on Facebook last night. Had a picture. Talked about drinking beer at a bar or something. I don't know. I went to seminary with. Turned down. And this was all last night. My goodness. Scrolled down. There was a man singing in a bar. Kept looking. It was a preacher that I preached revival for, singing about drinking alcohol and smoking marijuana. And he's up there singing in a bar. And you know what I said? They used to be so awesome for God. I preached in that man's pulpit. I've seen him lead people to the Lord. And now he's wrapped up in the world. And the world's got him. And Noah did good things for God. Noah did great things for God. Noah was obedient to God. But I'm afraid he didn't see it through to the end. I don't know about y'all, but I want to see it through to the end. I want to preach him till I can't anymore. I want to tell people till I can't tell them anymore. You say, preacher, people don't want to hear. I don't care. We got a job to do. We got to keep the vision. We got to keep the passion. Folks, praise God. Praise God. But he ain't done yet. Keep on going. You get that migraine. You tell the devil, get behind you. You don't feel like reading your Bible. Can't see straight because you're sick. Tell him to get behind you. When cancer comes, tell him to get behind you. When death comes and tragedy comes, you see it to the end. Whew. I don't want to say, boy, Cat used to be awesome for God. Get here to the funeral. Jimmy, you're laying up here. I said, boy, Jimmy used to do a lot here. Boy, Jimmy used to be great for God. Whew, how sad. Chuck Jones, I want to preach my funeral. You know, I never lied, but there's some funerals that I Work really hard not to lie, to try to come up with something good to say about that person. I don't want the preacher to have to work hard. I don't want the preacher to have to say a word. That my life is a living testimony 
of somebody who walked with God, who loved God. Church, let's keep our vision. Let's keep our vision. Let's keep our eyes on Christ. I'm going to ask you again. I did last week, and I'm going to do it again. We need to fill these altars. They ain't a service we can have. These altars shouldn't be full. Child of God, get on your face and pray and cry. God, save souls. God, revive this land, revive this country. God's not done, folks. Let's keep on going forward. He is. Let's be with Him. Let's stand this morning. We're going to have a hymn of invitation. If you need to be saved, come. If you need to come to these altars, come. Come on. If you need to join this church, come. You need to make a confession, come. Life.